Hear now the word of our Lord. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This is the word of God. May it find its way into our hearts and lives this morning by the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen. I know I didn't read the whole thing. And I know there's a, there's a part of your brain that gets hijacked when I do that, right? Because you, you, you know how it ends and, 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 and you need that closure. And so if you need to just take a second and just recite the rest of it to yourself so that you can join me, go ahead. All right. Now, the reason uh, we stopped right there is because um, I think the Lord's Prayer is one of those things that I remember I memorized it like, I don't know, I must have been six or seven, just just really, uh, really young. And I think it's just one of those things that we recite from memory, and maybe we don't even think about what we're reciting. And so uh, during this 40 days, we are going to take it line by line. Uh, because I believe uh, this prayer is not simply a set of magic words. If you use these words, then, then God will hear your prayer. But if you don't use these words, then God won't hear your prayer. It's not that sort of thing. It's not an incantation, right? But I think what Jesus is doing for his disciples and for us is giving them a simple blueprint for prayer. We're going to be talking about five um, uh, uh, postures of prayer that we find in the Lord's Prayer, five um, subjects, things that we're, we're supposed to be praying about. And so this morning we begin with our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And probably every word in that line is important, right? You begin with our, right? And that is a, uh, that is a reminder um, that every time we pray, um, whether we're doing it here together or whether we're doing it um, uh, uh, at our bedside, that we are praying in community. We are praying as members of a church. We are praying uh, with each other and for each other when we pray. Uh, prayer not only connects us to God, but connects us to each other. Um, Father, uh, you know, um, uh, 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 we are all God's children. Um, Jesus called God's uh, Jesus called God Father, and, um, and and through the Holy Spirit, we're able to call God Father. Um, we're reminded that He is in heaven, uh, that uh, that 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 God is transcendent, that He is beyond. Um, uh, he is not just simply uh, the sum total of all that goes down on, it goes on down here. Uh, but he's got his own dominion and his own uh, purposes and his own uh, uh, world. And then, um, like a good Jew, 
Uh, Jesus uh, did not speak aloud uh, the name of God, uh, but called that name Hallowed, called that name holy, in keeping uh, with, with the commandment that says, uh, Thou shalt not take the Lord thy God's name in vain. And when we pray, Hallowed be thy name, uh, one of the things that Adam Hamilton probably pointed out in his video is that we're simultaneously acknowledging that God's name is holy, but we're also saying, let that name be holy in my life and in the world. And let me be part of making that name holy in, in my life and in the world. Right? So every word in there um, is, 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 is good and, and worthy of contemplation. When I was in third grade, my brother and I were playing at a friend's house. And um, because we're all, we were all boys, we were playing um, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And, uh, and everyone had their favorite. And, um, and so the way we were playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a lot of whacking each other with things and jumping around and doing kicks, right? And, um, and what kids understand about kicks is, uh, is, is to do a really good karate kick, you've got to get, uh, you've got to get some height, right? And so the best way to do that is to get, is to find a big bed and get on the bed and bounce on the bed and, and kick each other, right? And so we were doing this at our friend Jack's house and, uh, and Jack did this awesome karate kick, um, really got up off the bed and sent my brother Scotty flying across the room and uh and and he hit um uh, the dresser with a thwack right that you could hear all over the house now we were scared for just a second right there was like that pause like did we just kill scotty right and then he started laughing and we knew he was okay right it was in that moment that the door opened and, um, and, and Jack's father was standing in the door. Now, I remember it vividly. Jack's father uh, had blue jeans on, um, a white T-shirt, and a ball cap. And, um, and, and he looked at Jack, didn't look at us, he looked at Jack, and he said, what was that noise? Now, Jack's face got pale, he got really quiet, and his bottom lip began to quiver. And Jack said, it was nothing. We were playing, and uh, we were jumping on the bed, and, and someone got pushed into the dresser, but nothing was broken, and they're okay, you know, just kind of stating the case. And, um, and, and Jack's father uh, stared at him, and said, how many times have I told you not to jump on that bed? And um, this would have been one of those cute, oops, we're caught moments, except that Jack looked seriously terrified. And, um, and I remember suddenly uh, 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 Jack's father was chasing Jack and chased him around the house and then a, a door slammed. And, um, and I, I remember Skaggy and I were on the other side of the door, 
And um, all we could hear was muffled shouts, um, uh, uh, screams, um, uh, thrashing and crashing, and uh, the, the sound of leather on skin, all of that. And I remember after what seemed like an eternity, the door opened and Jack, with tears in his eyes, said, you all need to go home now. Now, in third grade, I, I wasn't old enough or emotionally mature enough to, to understand what I had just witnessed. You know, I, I got spanked a time or two when I was in trouble, um, but, but I, I didn't understand that this wasn't that. And, um, and, and when we told, all I knew was that when we told my parents why we were home early, we were never allowed to go to Jack's house again. And that he always had to come visit us. I tell that story because of all of the words in this opening line of the prayer, I realized that for some people, the hardest word is going to be father. I realize that uh, uh, for, for, uh, uh, for, for people like my friend Jack, probably to this day, well, when, when they think about God as father, uh, uh, they have twisted up in that all of their broken images of their own father. I think of uh, my friend Jack. I, I think of uh, another friend that I grew up going uh, to, to his house when he was a kid, and and his his dad was just gone, just didn't exist. There's usually just him and his mom. Some weekends it'll be a boyfriend too. See, for some kids, um, uh, the father is uh, is is all too present. It's this, uh, this, this, this sort of shadow that hangs over the whole household. Someone that, 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 that you have to tiptoe around because they've got this volcanic temper and, and, and any, any little thing could set them off. And then for others, the father is just a ghost. Just, you know, sort of still haunts the house but is nowhere to be seen. And I, and I always wonder if people who grew up like that, when, when they when they try to pray "Our Father in Heaven," if 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 if, if, if the image that comes to their mind is 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 that is either the image of of, of an abusive father, right? This, this 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 Father in Heaven with this volcanic temper that we all just sort of have to tiptoe around so that so that we don't accidentally set them off and get smoked. Or if we have, uh, when we pray, our father have, have like the image of the, um, the absent father, right? The one who was very much involved in the act of creation, but has ne been neglecting the child support ever since. I understand that maybe for some people, even here, the image of father, the word father, might be a hard one to mix into your prayer. I know we live in a world 
with daddy issues. Go ahead, daddy. What came next? I hardly ever have to do this. If, um, so I'm going to talk to you for a second, like, like you would come to my office and, uh, and you had sat down and you were telling me, um, that, that, that you had trouble thinking of God as father, right? First, I'd offer you some M&Ms and then, um, and then I, I would explain something really important to you. First, I would say all language about God is metaphor. All of it. Every single thing that we, we think to try and say about God is metaphor. Because God is, is, is bigger than any of our comprehension. God uh, is, 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 is vaster and deeper and wider than these wrinkly little muscles between our ears can, 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 can possibly understand or compute. A Greek philosopher, uh, six centuries before Jesus, I want to say his name is Esophagus, but I know that's not right. He said, God is like a circle whose center is everywhere and whose circumference is nowhere, right? We can never get to the edge of what God is. All language about God is metaphor. And when you search through the scriptures, you find metaphor after metaphor after metaphor. And all point, all of these metaphors point to us to something good about God, something crucial, something worth understanding, worth holding on to, but they're all limited in their own way. We refer to God as shepherd. We refer to God as rock. We refer uh, uh, to God as, 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 yes, father. We refer to God is king. We refer to God. Uh, uh, there's passages that refer to God as, as, as a mother hen, uh, sheltering her children under her wings, right? We, we, uh, metaphor after metaphor after metaphor. And so knowing that all of these are incomplete and all of these are imperfect, if you were sitting in my office and said, I just can't pray to God as Father, it's just too painful, it's just too hard, I would encourage you. It's fine. Reach for another image. An image that, 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 that speaks comfort to you. That helps you uh, 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 somehow get a hold on the, uh, on, on, on the Almighty. And yet, we have to be honest that this is Jesus' chosen metaphor. This is the image that Jesus hands to his disciples. He says, when you pray, pray our Father. And, you know, uh, despite what, the, this is bothering me, Despite what they may say on your favorite news channel, absent fathers didn't begin in the 1960s, right? With the hippies, right? Um, absent 
uh, abusive fathers didn't begin when they, uh, when they took prayer out of schools. Absent and abusive fathers have been with us since the beginning of time. And certainly in Jesus' day, the image of God as father would have been a hard one for some people. There were probably people in Jesus' own time who had Abba issues, right? In fact, Jesus himself had an absent father. Yes, when we read the Christmas stories, Joseph is all over the Christmas stories, but then at some point he disappears from the narrative. And Jesus is known only as Mary's boy, which is a statement that has carries with it a whiff of scandal. Jesus' father is absent from the picture. Tradition says he died, but we don't know that. Maybe he left. All we know is that he's gone. Jesus himself understood what a, a complex and troubling uh, a picture a father could be for some people. And yet he calls each of us to claim this picture for ourselves. Many of us have to reclaim it from our own troubled childhoods. And I've come to believe it's not in spite of our negative experiences, but maybe it's because of it, right? That there's, there, there's a part of us that, that, that cries out for the kind of uh, uh, father uh, uh, figure that, that, that even the best earthly father couldn't possibly be, Right? We all grow up at some point and realize our parents aren't um, omnipotent, omniscient beings, that they're just doing their best. And yet there's a part of us that needs that father who is in control, who is loving, and who is good. When Jesus describes what God is like. He uses the image of a good father. Remember, there was a man who had two sons, right? At the beginning of the story, one of the sons is abusive, and at the end of the story, one of the sons is absent. But the father is neither of those things. See, at the beginning of the story, the younger son comes up to his father and says, I want my share of the inheritance now. Now, you and I, when we think of inheritance, we think of like money that's sitting in a bank somewhere, right? Um, it, it, it's time to cash out. Go, go, go get me my share from the bank. That's not how inheritance worked back in Jesus' day. Inheritance was a plot of land. Inheritance uh, what, 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 what was some of the livestock, right? Basically, the son is saying to Father, I am tired of being your hired hand. I am tired of being under your authority 
than doing what you tell me to do. I want to begin my own life. I'm tired of waiting around for you to die. Give me my inheritance now. So in the face of this abuse, the father shows kindness. If that's what you want, okay. He divides up the inheritance. Gives the younger son his third. His share of the livestock, his share of the land. He can build his home on it. He can hire his own people. He can run the farm however he wants to run the farm. He's out of his father's authority. And then what does he do? He sells it all. This land that's supposed to, to remain in the family for generations upon generation, this land that he's supposed to pass on to his own children, he liquidates all of the assets. He takes the money and he goes to a foreign country and he spends it on reckless and wild living, we are told. You fill in the blank. And after a couple of the years, a couple of years, he's, he's lost all of it. So he goes and he sells himself to another master. One who's not nearly as kind. One who doesn't give him a living wage. And we know this because he, he, he reaches this point where uh, he's so desperate. He, 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 he contemplates eating from the same trough that the pigs are eating from. And it's then that we're told he comes to his senses. He thinks to himself, even the hired hands in my father's house are treated better than this. What I'll do is, 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 is I'll go back and, and I, I know I can never be his son again. I've I, I received my share. I've I, 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 I squandered it all. Um, I, I, I could never receive that again. But what I can do is ask if I can just, just be, be, be another servant in my father's household. So he begins that long journey back to his father's house. And the whole time he's got this, this, this speech that he's preparing. And he goes something like this, uh, um, uh, uh, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I realize that I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But please just take me on as one of your hired hands. He, he's got this clear picture in his mind. He's, he's going to walk all the way up to the porch. All of the, 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 the servants and, and, and his older brother are going to be looking at him and scowling at him while he does. And then he's going to drop to his knees in front of his father and, 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 and he, he's going to give this address. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Won't you please just take me on as one of your hired hands? Well, the whole time he's been away, his father's been on the porch. 
I'm not saying he doesn't go to bed. I'm not saying he doesn't do his chores. But but any time he's got a spare moment, he's sitting on that porch and he's watching the horizon, hoping, just hoping, his little boy will come back. And every time he sees a dot coming up over the hill, he gets his hope up and then it gets closer and it's like the neighbor or the mailman or something. But then one day, He sees that dot coming up over the horizon. And he gets closer and he recognizes it. It's his son. Yes, the clothes are tattered. Yes, he's he's got this beard. Yes, he's he's much more thin and gaunt than he remembers him. But it's his son. He doesn't do what you and I would do. He doesn't make him walk the long walk of shame all the way to the porch. Now the Bible says when he was yet a long way off, his father came running. Father runs to meet him in the road. And, uh, and, and before he, 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 he can get just the first few words of his little speech out, Father, I've sinned it. He's, his father has his arms around him, picked him up in this big bear hug. And then he drapes his arm over his shoulder and he walks him all the way to the house. says to all the servants, you know the fatted calf, that one we've been saving for a special occasion? Tonight we slaughter it. Tonight we're having a big party. We're inviting all of the neighbors. Because the son of mine who is dead, but he is alive again. He was lost. Now he's found. This is who we are invited to pray to this morning. Not some absent God who doesn't care what goes on down here. Not some God with a with anger issues. Look at God who is present even when we are absent. A God who is kind even when we are abusive. A God who watches down the road, who runs to meet us in the middle. And that's why his name is Hallowed. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.